When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you a boner guy? Cuz. Cuzaroo. Cuzaroo. Slapperoonie. It's showtime. W-A-T-P. W-A-T-P. Hello, Rubber Dicks and Cuzaroos. Welcome to another episode of Who Are These Podcasts? The only show that tells Governor Cuomo to get bent. I'm your host, Carl. With me this week, host of the podcast, tell him Steve Dave. Also, would you kindly with Eric Nagel on Compound Media. It's our friend Brian Johnson. Brian, thanks for joining us today, buddy. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me. Very excited to have you on as a guest. Please go to whoarethese.com to get our email address, voicemail number, link to our subreddit, link to our Discord server, link to our merchandise, and of course, the link to our Patreon, featuring a bonus episode every single month for those people who subscribe. We also encourage our listeners to give us a five-star review on iTunes and then shit all over us in the comments section. Today, we'll be reviewing a podcast called Social Distance Assistance. We have both listened to the show separately. We have not discussed it with each other beforehand. Let's get into it. This is a show that's hosted by Kelly Jones and her daughter, June. So we're off to a bad start. The inclusion of an eight-year-old is the very first warning. Yes. NPR is one of my least favorite content producing organizations. I fucking hate NPR shows. They're overproduced. They're corny. They're not entertaining in any way. This is a show that helps you Learn how to social distance as if that's a thing that we need to learn how to do. You didn't think that they were super excited by it. <laughs> they seem to be really jazzed about adapting to this new world order. Like excited. Yes. Oh, they're pumped about it. Let's uh, let's just play a quick example of this. They talk to different quote unquote experts and these experts that they get on talk about things they're doing to help in this new norm. One of them is a person who's developed a chat line for texting. And this is called Validation Station. Here's the setup to this. And Brian, I don't know which episodes you listened to. I listened to like the last three or so, the most recent three. Well, I had vowed because there were so few and they were so short. Yeah. I would listen to all of them. Oh, shit. I immediately buckled. Um, I listened to <laughs> part of the first episode, the entire second, and the entire last. Okay, good. I got the last one on here as well. But this is one from uh, April 28th. And here's the setup to this. That tweet was from Jacob Edward, BBC One's first publicly non-binary radio producer. They got to talking, and within six hours, Kestrel made a prototype. Validation Station a text service that sends a daily, customized, affirming message to LGBTQ plus people, was born. So what this is, because trans people have to go and live with their family who might not be as accepting of them as their friends are, they get a daily affirmation on their phone 
telling them how important they are as a person. I'm not making this up. This is a real thing that they're promoting on social distance assistance. And you're probably... Absence of a parent's love. The text. (laughs) You're probably wondering, Brian, what would be an example of a message that they would send to somebody who's trans and dealing with this? Well, I have that for you. Let's check this out. So some of them are quite fun. Some of them are a bit more serious. Uh, One here that got sent to me today was, uh, when you smile, Kestrel, the whole world smiles with you. You are so brilliant, so wonderful, and so loved. (laughs) If you need that to get through life, it's over. It's over, buddy. It's not working for you. Is this just randomly sent? Like, you you don't know what you're going to get. It's just a random text with someone who doesn't even know you. Correct. But you do have to tell them what your pronoun preference is so that it's customized to you. First, when they said binary, I thought they were talking about software, like the code, because I don't understand that. That's what I thought it was at first. And then I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah. So you just heard an example of a text message you would get if you sign up for this amazing service, which they have like 8,000 people signed up for this thing, this validation station. And then right after that, they go on to say this. Validation station is open for anyone, but the messages are designed for trans people. Did that message sound like it was designed for a trans person? Like your smile lights up the world? Great. (laughs) I think I I could receive that message as well. I think that's for everyone. It's also, as a trans person, aren't you like, uh, largely I'm shunned if you want to know the truth. (laughs) So maybe something a little bit more along the lines of that. Yeah, you're not really understanding my plight in all of this, are you? Uh, This is another person that they talked to. This person is working for a crisis counseling hotline. But again, it's text messaging because God forbid you'd want to talk to somebody on a phone you have to text about this crisis you're going through. So um, imagine this. You're having a tough go at it. You just watched Cuomo's latest fucking press briefing. You want to murder everyone. And you decide before you go through and kill your wife that you're going to send a text message to this system. And this is what happens. When someone texts 741-741, the first message they get from us is an automated message. It has a link to our terms of service and asks, what's your crisis? We have an algorithm that ranks the order in which you will be texting with a crisis counselor. So, for example, if you say, I'm on a bridge, I can't do it anymore, you're going to be considered a high-risk texter, and we're going to work to make sure that you're texting with a crisis counselor in under one minute. Brad, they have an algorithm that determines (laughs) how important your text is. They're pulling the old, like, sex line move where it's like, hey, I'm so-and-so. Really, it's not so-and-so. It's a big, fat housewife in the Midwest. Yes. So they... So it's probably not even counselors. Oh, I, I actually have more information on that. You, you bring up a very good point, and you are 100% accurate with that. But I think it's funny that they're pretending that there's this technology they're using, this algorithm that determines how important your thing is. Do you think maybe it's just looking for specific terms like bridge or cunt wife or shitty kids like it sees these terms like oh this person's ready to have a fucking meltdown i think we should probably give them a call right now (laughs) plus you should never if you are gonna kill someone including yourself never put it in writing and send it to someone that's the worst way you'll always get caught when you do that 
Uh, Not only, I like, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a boomer, and sometimes I won't answer a text for days. I'm that guy. Right. You know? So if somebody's going to kill my wife. <laughs> I feel like that's more urgent than a one-day uh, text conversation that you would have with some counselor. So you're probably wondering, as I was, what kind of advice would they give you? So the host asks, what if we asked you this question? How would you respond? Let's find out. We're very tired. One thing that we would text about is lack of sleep and waking up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Definitely. What if we texted about that? Do you know what you would tell us? I, I think I would say like, uh, wow, that really sucks to not be able to sleep. What do you think is keeping you from sleeping? Mm. So this is an actual counselor at this crisis counselor text messaging service. If you text her that you're having a hard time sleeping, she responds, why? <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because I got in uh, nine and a half hours last night. Sucks for you. You woke me up with this. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sleeping all day. <laughs> what the fuck kind of service is that? What kind of answer is that? I mean, granted, it doesn't fall under the banner of advice. <laughs> no. It most certainly does not. So you got to wonder, how do you become qualified in order to be one of these texting crisis counselors? I have the answer for that. Crisis text line requires 30 hours of training over two or three weeks. Kara has a few hours left until she's official. So this person they have on Kara is not even through the training yet. It, it's 30 hours of training. That's not a lot of time to get certified for something. That's not impressive. 30 hours. This woman is a guest on a podcast. She hasn't even gone through the training yet. If she can't find the time to do it now, I assume it's online. <laughs> when will she find the time? Yeah. Like, I'm thinking in the next month or two, I'll probably finally get my certification completed. But I'll get my shit together. <laughs> how is that possible? That she's doing podcast appearances before she's even certified. She's the spokesperson for this thing that she's not even qualified to run. Who the fuck is her agent? This person's amazing. I know you're not certified yet. Let's start getting you gigs, though. I got a few things lined up. We got this NPR show. It'd be if I went on Anthony Cumia's show saying, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, Anthony. I think you're going to really love it. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to goof on Opie. It's going to be great. That's not how this works. Well, maybe that's why the advice sucked. <laughs> yes, I, a couple I think more so. hours, it would have been gold. <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer a question with a question. Would be my advice. <laughs> oh boy! All right, then there's um, this other service they talk about, and this is this quarantine chat. So this is where you hook up with other people in quarantine randomly and just have a conversation. So this is actually on the phone, phone conversation. Now, this is. The producer of this show, Molly, tried it out. And this is her talking about her experience with quarantine chat. Our producer, Molly, really likes talking to random people. She was so excited to try quarantine chat. Ah, it's true. Hey, Molly. <laughs> hey. So I've really been digging quarantine chat. Late Friday night, I got matched with a woman in the Northeast. And we talked for about a half hour, and it was really nice. She was struggling, though. She was living alone, without a car. She was feeling pretty isolated. Oh, wow. 
So, so what was the nice part? What's really nice about that? I was talking to someone who's really struggling with this shitty post-apocalyptic existence that we all live in. Great. Sounds like fun. And she's like, anyway. <laughs> Sign me up for that shit. Yeah, this woman, um, you know, her husband left her. Her kids are assholes. And we chatted for about a half an hour. Nate. It's like chat roulette for worry ward. Yeah, right. Uh, all right, so can I see your feet now, or how does this work? <laughs> yeah, could you get on and just, like, like a roulette? It's like suddenly it comes on and there's a dick in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's not give anybody ideas right now, Brian. People who listen to the show already... Uh... You a boner guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to get on that thing. Are you a boner guy? Oh, boy. <laughs> now, this show is now weekly, but they used to put it out twice a week. So why did it become weekly, you wonder? Speaking of mental health support, our show is moving to a once-a-week release. We'll be telling you stories and speaking to experts on only Tuesdays now. This is to give us more time to bring you amazing helpers, but also to take care of ourselves so we can rest, play, and design elaborate sets for musicals in the living room. Wait, what? Never mind. Isn't that adorable? Isn't that adorable? It's just so off the cuff and not rehearsed or scripted at all. Just so natural. That's what I love about NPR. Everything's just so natural. Yeah, my question for you was, do you think she's actually in the room a lot of the times during this podcast? Because they, they bring up some subjects that I'm like, there's just no way. Yeah, it, none of this seems... Like, she's really involved in the conversation. Like, she's told to say things. Because she says words that there's no way an eight-year-old uses. She's they're, they're trying to make her out to be this really smart, intelligent person. And she's an eight-year-old. Just not buying it. There's nothing more annoying than a precocious child. Right. <laughs> and this idea that they had to switch to one 25-minute episode per week so that they can get enough rest. I, I work a full-time job. I put on a two-hour-long podcast once a week, and I've never once complained about it. It's not that difficult. Especially this type of podcast. Uh, they can yeah, just say the, random shit, and someone's going to put it all together and post. You should listen to the fucking credits. And this is so NPR-esque. Listen to how many people it takes to put out this <laughs> shit-tacular podcast. Social Distance Assistance is produced and engineered by... June Hardcastle-Robinson-Jones, Kelly Jones, and Molly Bourne. It was created and edited by Nate Toby. Gavin Wright makes it all happen. Digital assistance from Angela Messino and the VPM News team. Steve Humble is VPM's chief content officer. Music for this week's episode was by Blue Dot Sessions. So it takes 20 people to make this fucking podcast. It's a 20-minute podcast with four minutes of credits at the end. <laughs> yes! And... Remember, NPR does get funded from our tax dollars. Let's not forget this. This is my point. When you have free money coming in, you find jobs for people. Well, we're going to need at least 20 people to put together this shit-tacular podcast over here. Yeah, I mean, that, that just makes sense. Of course we're going to need that many people. You really don't. Maybe June can fucking put a little more effort into this thing and help out with the editing and post. Now, um... My question, too, is who is the audience for this podcast? Like, who's who listens to this? Is it for kids? 
or is it for older people? Because some of the advice is so trite and, and simplistic that I'm like, there's no way this could be for an adult. Thank you for saying that. That leads me into the latest episode where they have this expert on and they ask what the advice would be for living and staying healthy in quarantine. And Brian, that was the note that I wrote down. Who the fuck is this advice for? Jumping jacks, uh, run up and down the hallway, push-ups. Whatever you can do for a few minutes, it's going to change your mindset. You know, exercise is number one. Making sure that you're eating well and really good nutrition. Sleep is a big one. Exercise, eat right, and get sleep is the fucking advice on this podcast. The things you learned in a fifth grade health class. Right. Is there anyone who's saying the opposite of this? Is YouTube taking out videos where people are like, <laughs> stop sleeping. Sleep is bad for you. <laughs> my favorite part of this, I don't know if you have it as a clip, but my favorite part of this particular episode was the question the little kid asked uh, the therapist. She goes, what gives you hope? And I was like, well, how existential? And like, how do you answer that? And of course she answers it really shittily. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you fucking answer that? So let's talk about this therapist. Because uh, she has a, a background in helping people through traumatic situations. That's Dr. Deb Delvecchio Scully. She's a counselor and trauma specialist who worked with families after the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Bullshit! Alex Jones does not agree. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this person on who had to deal with families of victims from the Sandy Hook massacre. And now we're talking about, oh, I can only go to the grocery store and stay home in my house. A little bit different, in my opinion. Ah, I could be wrong. I'm starting to wonder if that's why I saw all the uh, parents of the kids who got killed at Sandy Hook doing jumping jacks and running up and down hallways. <laughs> Just do push-ups. You'll forget about Billy in no time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you getting enough sleep? That's the problem. You got to eat right and sleep. <laughs> When you say um, the families, you mean the crisis actors, Brian? From uh, anyway, this yes, yes. <laughs> this is um, more advice. She's talking about, and this is where we talk about how how June. This isn't a real person. June is a fake person for this show, and the therapist is talking about hugging yourself, like literally, like putting your arms over your chest and holding yourself as a means of therapy through this time. This clip is, is bonkers. The idea is to gently put you in touch with your body, reminding you that you're here now, calming you down so that you can feel your feelings without letting your feelings overwhelm you. It definitely shouldn't replace sessions with a therapist, but a butterfly hug? is a pretty nice way to spend three or four minutes resetting your brain. An eight-year-old girl, June, just said, resetting your brain. A butterfly hug helps you reset your... Who talks like that except for pretentious assholes? Not an eight-year-old. <laughs> when you just did that, it looked like you were in a coffin. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's what, it, that's what it looks like. By the way, Andy's here, I should mention. I didn't introduce him at the beginning of the show. Andy's here to do a segment on Centering John later. You know, it's the same as, uh, you remember in Happy Days when Richie wanted to uh, trick Fonzie into thinking he was making out with a girl and he hugged himself so hard that, like, 
arms were wrapped around himself you could only see his back and then like we would do that as kids too yeah that's what they're suggesting you pretend you're making out with yourself i reset my brain by just jerking off i do it the old-fashioned way but you could do that too i guess <laughs> so more therapy coming from this trauma specialist this is amazing advice there's lots of times we just need to get it out of our bodies but one of my favorite things to do especially with kids is to shake it out and that's where we shake our hands and then dance around and we just move around, right? So there's fun things that you can do and to help you really be a good friend. All right. Not everyone should be a guest on a podcast. Not everyone's qualified to give advice to people on a podcast. I don't know who's booking for this show, but they're failing miserably at it. They're getting the worst guests I've ever heard before. A, a moment like that where you're like, okay, like that's the kind of thing you see teachers tell like preschool kids and kindergartners, like shake your hands, now shake your legs, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you're like, okay, the podcast is for kids. Then when the mom starts talking about like in depth about like the sheer number of deaths and people who are committing suicide, I'm like, well, wait, no, it's not for kids. Like what the fuck, what's going on here? I don't think there was ever a thought or a discussion around who the audience was for the show. I think they just wanted to act like they were doing something. Look at what we're doing. We're doing good right now because we're talking about social distancing. You're not doing anything for anyone. This is nonsense. This is a nonsense show. And I agree that it is for adults, but a certain type of adult, the type that needs you to tell them that they might hear something that they don't like coming up. Now, remember what I've been playing this is, a, this is what the show is, what you've been hearing. Before you get to hear this, though, you hear June say this. And we'll dig into some helpful coping strategies, too. Just a quick trigger warning. In today's episode, we're talking about really difficult things. If you've experienced trauma before, this episode could be hard to listen to. There's a fucking trigger warning for this show. The most milquetoast show you've ever heard where the therapist is saying to shake it out. Trigger warning! Careful! The one thing I agreed with, though, I do have the ISO, is this. This episode could be hard to listen to. Agreed. That one might have to stay on the board for a while. (laughs) Was it an interesting, too, that they uh, opened the episode by doing uh, an unboxing for her headphones? So, being that it's not a visual podcast, I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Actually, I think I have that. Um, While they're doing the unboxing... June starts singing a song that she likes to do. Go ahead. So you're literally hearing an eight-year-old hum a fucking number, which is annoying and obnoxious, along with a woman opening up an Amazon package. And this is part of a 25-minute long weekly podcast. Go ahead and cut that part out, people. You got 18 editors. Can one of them figure out that that's not entertaining content? (laughs) There's, there's a thing where there's a lot of sing-songiness to this. This is at the... Uh, let, me, let me play this first. They're very excited about a donation that came in. Next, we wanted to give a huge shout-out to Suzanne Frankie, who honored us with a big donation to the podcast. It's really amazing. It's going to help us with all kinds of things. Technology to record better sound at a safe distance... Okay, so the Suzanne person sent them some type of donation. Why, I do not know. 
they work for a, an organization. I don't know why they need a donation, but whatever. But the donation is going to help them with technology to record at a safe distance. Brian, where are you right now? New Jersey? I'm in Jersey, yep. Yeah, I'd say we're at a pretty safe distance right now. What kind of fucking technology do they need? What are they talking about? I had no idea what she meant when she said that. I, I, it was just like a buzzword. She just needed to say something. Right. We need to be at a safe distance when we're recording. Well, yeah, of course. You and your daughter who live together need to be at a safe distance? Or the person who came up with the hotline for trans people? Like, what, what, are we, what the fuck are we talking about? So at the end of the show, because they got that donation from Suzanne, they decided to write a song for Suzanne. And this is garbage. And now, this is a song for Suzanne. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you, Suzanne, for listening. And the help that you have given to you, I sing. Oh my God! Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you, Suzanne. Uh, right, this goes out of that. It's it's oh my God. it's one three five three. It's just up and down the triad, which is so obnoxious. It's not well written. There's no bridge. <laughs> I don't think the chorus is compelling. It's just not how you write a song. If you want to fucking write a song, this is how you do it. That's uh. A little free advice coming from your pal Carl. <laughs> your song sucks. It also exposed themselves, that yeah. song. Because yeah. everything else she says, she's so eloquent. Mm. And then when she sings like this thing, that's the real kid. That simple, like, thank you, Suzanne, like, real <laughs> lame bullshit song, you know? That's the kid for real. Yeah, and she sucks at piano. She's really bad at playing the piano. <laughs> which that's is no gift. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, it's an eight-year-old. But I don't need an eight-year-old telling me about a commercial read that's coming up and using industry terms like this. Time for a mid-roll. If you're searching for another podcast. Time for a mid-roll? Andy, are you familiar with the term I didn't even know what that is. No, <laughs> I'm not eight. I'm in advertising, so I know what a mid-roll is. But I don't think most... Podcast listeners know what a mid-roll is. I was listening to it with my girlfriend, and she sells uh, advertising for podcasts. But we, I heard that. We both just looked at each other like, what? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Who would an eight-year-old talk about mid-rolls? Yeah, my mom said we're going to try to sell some pre-rolls, but right now just all we have is mid-rolls, so we're just going to run those. What? And I want to say <laughs> that the sponsors they have on the episodes that I listen to anyway... We're not actually sponsors, but we're other podcasts. So you heard her say, if you're looking for a podcast, by the way, no one's looking for a fucking podcast. Everyone has too many fucking podcasts to listen to. No one's out there going, where's a, where's a good podcast? Like, we, we got it. We're good. But she gives us some advice on a podcast that you could find. From street music. It's, it's called Neighbors. I got to set this up a little bit. It's called Neighbors. And like this show, it's conversations from people who are uninteresting, who have nothing to say. And she goes through the list of people that you'll hear on this podcast, Neighbors. From street musicians, barbers, improv comedians, recovering gunshot victims. One of those things is not like the <laughs> others, right? She goes, so we're going to have all sorts of kinds of people. Barbers, comedians, gunshot victims. Like, 
The other things were professions. What are you, professional gunshot victim? What the fuck is that? Clowns, teachers, convicted rapists. <laughs> we, t- we talked to everyone. <laughs> what the fuck? <sighs> so getting back to um, this therapist, they ask her about um, helping people who are contemplating suicide. Let's hear that clip. You know, they're the, the big stories about the numbers of people who are dying from COVID-19. Um, but we're starting to hear about people who are dying by suicide in response to this shared trauma. How would you help someone who's expressing those thoughts or feelings try to move forward? I would say, Opie, you had a good run. We'll always remember you for the <laughs> ONA show. <laughs> But that's, Brian, to your point, that's where it gets, like, really fucking heavy again. Like, they're, they're talking about little kid shit, and they're singing, la, ga, 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 and then they go, people are committing suicide at alarming rates. How would you deal with that? Like, wait, what the fuck? What just happened? I thought we were having fun on a kid show. <laughs> it's a hard left turn. <laughs> Dude's like, what's suicide? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was watching Faces of Death, and... This woman that comes on, and I hate this whole idea, and I'm going to offend a bunch of people who listen to the show right now, trigger warning. If you still have a job, let's say you work at Panera Bread or Wendy's, <laughs> you're not a hero, okay? Just because you have to go to work and the people who know how to use computers don't, doesn't mean you're, sorry, Andy, doesn't mean you're a hero. <laughs> you're the, the fucking frontline workers. So this therapist, of course, considers herself a hero. I need the same things that you need. And and understanding that we're all doing the best that we can. This is what I've chosen. Everybody in my field, we've chosen to help others. We understand that sometimes there's sacrifices to that. God, did, did you want a slow applause break? <laughs> Thank you for your service. We're all so appreciative. They talk about mental health and... I don't understand why they have to change what they're calling it. For some reason, they're dumbing this down because they think that everyone's a fucking idiot and they need things dumbed down. I mean, if you're listening to the show, you are a fucking idiot and you probably do need things dumbed down. Let me let me back that one up. Actually, they're doing this correctly. Our mental and emotional health is the same. And, and so one way to think about it is brain health versus um, mental health that has such a stigma. And we want our brains to be working the best possible way that we can. Don't think of it as mental health. It's brain health. Like, what's the difference? I'm I'm confused. What's the difference? Why are we calling it brain health instead of mental health? Who is this helping? You find that, like, people, like, the more names they have, the fucking dumber they are. This woman has four names with hyphens all over the place. It's like, oh, you're so important. I get it. You're very important. Come on. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Like, either take your husband's name or don't. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't decide. So I just did everything. Uh, uh, meet you halfway. <laughs> right. Uh, there was an episode where they talked to a monk. And it was about how to continue to practice religion. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares what it was about? June misses the episode. And uh, her mom, what's her name? Kelly. Kelly explains why she missed it. So for today's interview, I was 
in my room playing with Legos and talking to a friend on FaceTime. <laughs> That's okay. You really needed a break. And it's really important that you connect with your friends right now as much as you can. That's what today's episode is all about, actually. Does that sound remotely real to you, Brian? Uh, I mean, she needs a break from what? <laughs> at, at no point do they say why they have to go down to one episode, what she needs a break from. It's like, how many hours are in a week? <laughs> it's a 20-minute conversation with somebody on Zoom, and then they hand it off to a team of people who turn it into a podcast. And it's like, I had to play with Legos. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't take it this week. <laughs> I just had to play with fucking Legos instead. What? What? It does seem like most of her stuff is pre-recorded because she doesn't really interact with her mom on it. She asks a question and then somebody uh, like just filibusters with the answer. Yeah, that's true. There's no real conversations being had. Even the pacing of the show, it's so overproduced. Here's an example. Right at the very beginning of the show, it does that thing that all NPR shows do where it's very slowly paced out with the dramatic music coming in. Here, here's an example. It's called a shared trauma. That's what we're going to talk about on today's episode. We interviewed a trauma therapist about the impact COVID-19 is having on everybody's mental health. I don't understand how that music helps anything. It's really generic, royalty-free nonsense that they just put in the background. If you're going to put music on your podcast... Do this. Uh, just as an example <laughs> of what you might put on your podcast instead of that nonsense that NPR does. The more I listened to this lady, the more I felt she was kind of like projecting whatever bullshit she has going on onto everyone else. She's like, everyone has trauma. Everyone has trauma. Everyone's triggered. Like, it's like, no, like not everyone. Like... I've had stuff happen to me, and it's like, I didn't walk away traumatized, you know? It's like, well, I was fucked up, but no, no lasting stuff. So it's like, we'd calm down. Thank you. Because this, this show needs the voice of reason injecting in it so badly. For one person to just say, guys, can we get over it? It's not that big a deal. Your kid wasn't shot in his elementary school. This is not that big of a fucking deal. Can we please just move on from this? You would think the whole fucking Sandy Hook thing would get everyone to like level set a little bit and go, yeah, maybe I don't need to hug myself in order to reset my brain. I can just fucking deal with this. <laughs> oh. uh, all right. So they're talking to this, um, this monk and this might be on me. I don't know what this means. And I'm not a meditation guy. Brian, are you, do you meditate? I do not. I have ADD. It's not possible. Yeah. I'm not good at it either. So here is this monk talking about how they're meditating in today's quarantine times. We were on the Zoom meditation call last week. and They were on a Zoom meditation call. How is that possible? Video conferencing and meditation. Does that sound right to you? I, I don't know. I thought you had to have your eyes closed the whole time. Yeah. I thought you were supposed to... Ignore everything that's around you and find inner peace. I thought that was the whole point of meditation. I, I tried it. I went to uh, one of those um, float centers, you know, the, the tank with the salt water. The Dep deprivation. Yeah, sensory deprivation. And I, I tried that a couple of times. I wanted to go in and, and find my, my inner peace. What I didn't have in there was a Zoom meeting. 
I did not pull out my phone in the middle of it. Crank up my mom. Hey, what are you up to? I'm laying in a, a float tank right now. Didn't Opie do that? Yeah, that'll be trying to podcast for one another. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Oh, I'm going to come back. Left a sense come. of humor in there. <laughs> yeah. It floated away. All right, just this, this is just an example. She's talking to the monk. June's not there. And this is just an example of just a stupid question. There's so many stupid questions on this show. But here's a good example. The imagination makes me think of my daughter who is currently busy. And her question for you guys was, is there something different about what kids should be doing than what adults should be doing when it comes to being with people? Do you even understand that question? I mean, if you're talking about being with someone in that sense, then I would say, yes, the children should scream and run. <laughs> yes, um, right. Uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, like, I don't know. I, like, I would be like, wait, can you clarify? What the hell do you mean? The guy tries to answer the question. I, I didn't pull that clip. But that would be the correct response to that. Like, what are you getting at? What do, what do you think would be different? I'm confused. The guy goes... Something to the people are so afraid that the, the, they're so afraid they're going to look dumb that they'll they'll just answer anything because like oh I'll, I'll have an answer for this and I'll try to sound eloquent and yes. it usually doesn't work out. Well, that's the that's the beauty of the show is that they bring on experts who are not experts. Like literally, this person couldn't even do thirty hours <laughs> to learn how to do the thing that she's talking about. These people are the opposite of experts, and they're like, "How are you dealing with this?" Your expert opinion. They're like, "Oh, I don't know." Uh, great, great show. Great content. Uh, I have one more clip to play from this podcast. And what we do on WATP, it's everyone's favorite part of the show. We do this teaser. We play a little clip from the podcast that we'll be reviewing on next week's episode. To get people excited, we want them to subscribe. We want them to be excited about the new episode. They try to do the same thing. And this is an epic fail. Thanks for listening to Social Distance Assistance. We'll be back next week with an episode on one of our most favorite things in the whole world. Food! We'll talk about who's helping to grow, pack, deliver, and make food, and the ethics of it all. Boring. Who would want to listen to that? The ethics of producing well, some food. Of my most, uh, some of my most uh, cherished memories are having conversation with my parents about the ethics of the food we were eating. <laughs> ethics of growing food this is gonna be an amazing episode <laughs> fucking hard pass all right brian any other thoughts and i appreciate you trying to listen to so many episodes of the show you didn't have to do that uh any other takeaways that you had from this uh no i think most of the uh things that i had written down here were uh, addressed aside from uh yeah uh, thank you suzanne song i'm going to uh rip it and sell it as a ringtone on our website <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. So, you little ditty. <laughs> so, as I already teased, our buddy Andy is here. And there's two reasons why Andy is here. The first one being that he is a huge Tell Him Steve Dave fan and a huge Brian Johnson fan. So, he really wanted to be here to talk to you, Brian. Yep. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Andy. Oh, yeah. It gets me through my shitty work day. Andy has been promoting your podcast for years, and I'm not exaggerating about that at all. Uh, the other reason why Andy is here is because he listened to Stuttering John, 
and pulled a bunch of clips, which means it's time for the... So I, I got to tell you guys, Stuttering John is not handling <laughs> things well. No, he's not. <laughs> the way he's handling it is putting on fucking marathon podcasts. They've gone ballooned up to two hour episodes. Yep. It, it's uh, slog. Have you ever watched any of these videos on YouTube, Brian? I have, yes. Uh, I, I recently got back, because you guys got back into the Stuttering John world. Yeah. I kind of left after I watched his movie. And, uh, like, now I'm down the, the Stuttering John rabbit hole, like, thinking what would make the show better and what he should st avoid. And I'm like, all this shit that doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, there's no helping this guy. <laughs> no. So, John... I thought he was out of my life. <laughs> John is... In his apartment, which we now know is an apartment because he's sharing his neighbor's Wi-Fi. Yeah. He's in his apartment without air conditioning in 100-degree weather in L.A., using his merchandise to wipe his sweat off his face, <laughs> his, his greasy hair. He looks terrible. Oh, God. He looks so bad. Unhealthy. The guy's just drinking himself to death. Yeah. By himself in his apartment. Mm -hmm. And he's putting it on YouTube. <laughs> Usually... When you go down that road, you don't put it on the internet. You don't want to know that that's how you live your life. You want to like keep that a secret. Yeah. Not this fucking guy. So he had a show recently with Mike Ganji. Right. Is that what you listen to? Yeah, I listened to a couple, actually. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry. I know. I had, I had some time on my hands. <laughs> okay. But we've clowned him a bit yeah. about the fact that he used to have Royce producing his show in a professional manner. And he had an intro uh, doing a victory lap about his Trump call. Right. And it's his biggest claim to fame as of late. And it was just MIA from the show since he's been having to do it by himself. Yeah. Now, I think what's going on is he's just playing an old episode of his show that was produced well. <laughs> because if you... Everybody right. lis listen very carefully. <laughs> I think you're right. That the... No. Clip one, yep. a labored exhalation but while he presses play on an old podcast to intro his show. Okay. I heard this too. It's so funny. Hi, Bob. White House staff members are freaking out today. <laughs> I heard that too. But dude, edit your shit. Yeah. It sounds like he's taking a shit. Wow. Oh, God. That's funny. So Brian, uh, are do you, are you still a Stern listener? No, I gave up Stern quite a while ago. It was actually he. I think it was when he had, was interviewing Tina Fey. It was asking her if he if she thought that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was a misogynist for dating all these models because he seemed to think it was his opinion and i was like this is not even it's almost like when my grandfather fell and broke his hip and got dementia and it's like just not the same guy at all yeah it's kind of the same thing i think i agree and i do th so stuttering john also thinks that stern is maybe on his way out and like we're gonna skip to the clip 17 this is where john starts discussing 
who should take over for Stern? You might you might guess in one guess who he thinks should. <laughs> I haven't heard this yet. I'm gonna guess it should be Stuttering John. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. I'm not trying to blow my own horn here, but come on, guys. Does any heir apparent to the Stern show thrown? It's me. Fred can't host his own show. He's boring as fuck. Robin needs a sidekick. She can't do it alone. Baba Booey is boring as hell. John Hine is equally as bland. I mean, who else is there? Shuli? Come on. Please. You know, uh, you know, I love Jason and Will, but they're not hosts. Benji, forget it. He's all stick. All stick. Really? Who's left? I mean, you know, you could say Artie, but Artie, I think, is more of a sidekick type. He, I don't think he can. I don't think he's, he could steer the ship. He could make the ship funnier. And then you have Jackie. <laughs> and, then, you know, Jackie's, yeah, I don't know. I think Jackie's a tad too old at this point. All right, <laughs> okay, well, I, that leaves one guy. <laughs> can I point out what's wrong with this train of thought? Sure. There is no such thing as a successor to a radio show. That's how that works. You don't say I'm a Stern fan and I listen to the Stuttering John show because that's what came out next. Like That's not how that works at all. When right. Stern retires, it's gone. Yeah. You don't get the head writer from 1983 to come back and revive the show. Hey, Jackie, why don't you host the show now? No one would even consider that. That's stupid. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Especially when you consider that this is uh, clip five is John's interview style. This is him interviewing Ganji. Okay. So wait, so then you're there, and then when does Grillo show up? So Grillo started around 92. So we were, you and I were there for like two years, pretty much. But how did, then, how did I and get Grillo? There was, an, there was another get, intern before but how Grillo. Did get, <laughs> but how did I get Grillo to do the parking? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you interview. <laughs> Oh shit! The other thing that he's doing a lot now is videos for people that are frontline workers. Yeah, medical. So he does cameo, right? Which you purchase a cameo from him. (laughs) Thank you very much, Andy. I do appreciate that. (laughs) And now he's saying that he'll do a cameo video for you if you're a nurse or a doctor dealing with COVID patients, or if you are a COVID patient. As Stuttering John M. on Twitter, I will do a video for you and all the other nurses at your hospital. Whatever you want. Uh, Thank you so much for your hard work. Thank you for the super chat. And seriously, you know, I've been doing them for free. In fact, Newsday just did an article about how I'm doing that. Um, But, yeah, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Let's all give it up for Nikki B. Come on, let's all do a guzzle for Nikki B. in the house. Ah. <laughs> so somebody put in his chat this woman Nikki B said I'm a nurse yeah. dealing with COVID patients which is a lie because everyone's just trolling John he doesn't understand after that he wished happy birthday to Nick Gurr yeah. so John's not understanding that everyone's just trolling him and he's a retard so anyway the funny part about that is he says he's doing free videos for these nurses his cameo videos are not entertaining in any way. You're not helping people through this. June just, uh, thank you, Nikki <laughs> B. That's what, he'll, he said he'd do anything. What, uh, could, would he commit seppuku? <laughs> 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 
He calls Jackie too old, but it really sounds like his uppers are giving him a, a little bit of a problem, doesn't it? He's, he's talking a lot like this, but he's supposed to be Stern's successor. Yeah. Well, he also lies about his age, which is weird. He's saying he's 47 when he's 54. <laughs> Isn't that like what women do? Like women in Hollywood do that? Yeah. Not like stuttering people, right? <laughs> I mean, I would tell my true age because he looks 60. <laughs> That's such a good point. Judd, if you said you were 65, I'd be like, all right, well, he's doing all right. He probably doesn't have a drinking problem. But when you say you're 47, you're like, Jesus Christ, dude. I can see your liver through your T-shirt. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, there's a lot of other people trolling him in the super chat he's yeah. he's all about the super chat yeah. i don't get it like why would you take on it's he's making four or five bucks at a time andy <laughs> yeah literally he's excited about someone giving him two dollars he'll read their question on his show right for two fucking dollars yeah and uh brian there's a guy seamus that does a lot of terrible podcasting that takes a lot of shit from this show patrick michael yes right and Patrick Michael is contributing to John's super chat. This is uh, clip nine. Patrick Michael, I love you, brother. I don't know like why you hate me. Anyway, you can, anyway, you can get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the show. I probably can, and maybe I will just for you, Patrick. But only if you start fucking, uh, you know, fucking super chatting more than two bucks. You <laughs> and he calls him a cheap fuck. Somebody giving him money. So he's goofing on you, John, because you talk about how you were the head writer for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar roast all the time as if that's an amazing accomplishment. He says, can you get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to show? And John goes, I could if you gave me more money. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> he's not getting the joke at all. No. And he's asking for more money <laughs> from the only guy giving him money. <laughs> Also, he, he calls him cheap every time he only gives him two bucks, but he's commenting right. throughout the show. So in the end, it's whatever, I, eight bucks. I'm giving John zero dollars. Yes, right. I'm not cheap at all. <laughs> Actually, my buddy Vinny just bought all three of his T-shirts. Right. Because that was the, uh, the, the uh, wheel of consequence on our show, The Creep Off. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. What else you got on here, Andy? Well, there's... More interview shit with Ganji. Ganji starts talking about, uh, let's see. By the way, let's talk about Ganji real quick. Okay. Because I listened to a, a, some of this episode. I couldn't listen to the whole thing because it's two fucking hours. But yeah, it's crazy. I was a huge Stern listener, as you know. You and I listened to Stern throughout the 90s. We mm. talked about Stern a lot. Brian, you listened to Stern back in the day. When it was good. When it was good. Oh, yes. I honestly don't remember. I, I know the name Ganji. I don't remember anything about him. I'm trying to remember like yeah. why he was on the show or what he did. Wait, you know why you don't remember? Because he's not interesting. He's not, he's interesting. not an interesting guest to have on this show. <laughs> and everything is just a rehash of... Like, I, I remember Grillo. I remember Grillo. I, I remember a lot of these people, but Ganji? Yeah. Like, uh, whatever. He's like a back office guy. He yeah. cares. Right. So let's see. Clip seven is Ganji commenting on why john didn't really go anywhere with the leno show <laughs> i love your setup i'm sorry all right <laughs> why he didn't go anywhere with the leno show because he lacks talent anyway all right let's let's listen to this clip. you ultimately didn't fit in on the leno show in that sense when you left right i think i think they just didn't know how to use you 
I think they they had this general idea, and then once you got there, they were like, oh, shit, what are we doing? We don't know how to use this guy. That's my interpretation of what went no, on. No, I think what happened is that Howard made such a stink about it, they couldn't do they what afraid. they wanted to do with me. Yeah, they were a little bit afraid. Yeah, no, that's true, too. Which is just the way that, you know, like, like, like that, you know, and you don't have to, but that's what Howard would do. He would just make it really, he made it very difficult for, for me there. So it's not that I was a talentless loser. It's that Howard stopped me from participating. The way they're describing this, you would think he was on Jay Leno's show for six months. Yeah. They couldn't figure out how to use you, and that's why it didn't work out. Yeah. He was on the show for 10 years. He was on the Tonight Show or whatever the fuck Jay Leno was doing after he got taken off of that time slot for 10 years. Whatever he was going to do, yeah. he did. Yeah. It wasn't like I told me back, man. Yeah, I just did more time. Yeah, John acts like he was like a once one and done season on SNL. Right, right. he's the fucking Tim Meadows yeah. of the Tonight Show for yeah. Christ's sake. But if you think about like how much would you, like how much would you love to know all the all the back office politics, all the dirt from like the eighties into the nineties, even into the early two thousands, like where or where Stuttering John could have provided it if he did know how to interview people and he wasn't so boring he's talking to ganji who's his friend and he's known for so long i listened to this episode too and it's like they go on and on about what color his car was on the channel nine show and all this other boring shit you know? <laughs> yes and he's got a clip about the car i know they talked about that for a while what was it it was a it was an old woman. no it was a Buick. <laughs> remember i would get into the car and not only did it reek it Literally, of, the, of just like pot and and booze and like you know stale beer, and you would look in the back seat, and the back seat would be just filled with empty cans of beer. <laughs> and I would every morning, I would panic that I was going to get pulled over by a cop, and they were going to look at all these empty containers in the back and think they were mine, and then arrest me. <laughs> So I was always worried I was going to get arrested because of you. You know, Gans, you know I bought that car used from a guy. With, I got a good deal because the guy had a bladder problem and he would pee all over the seats. Oh, no, no I didn't know that. I That's swear to God. This car is covered in piss. I'll take it. <laughs> well, I heard that. I'm glad you said that because I heard that, too, and I'm thinking, oh, John knows that his car smelled terrible. So we had to make up this elaborate story. Well, the guy who owned it used to pee himself. That's why sure. it's not the combination of my B.O. and me shitting myself. It's a uh, previous owner. The other thing is, like, they're so celebratory about John obviously driving while intoxicated. And, like, they're laughing about it. And it makes you think, like, John's character hasn't improved in decades. <laughs> He's still the same asshole. Yeah. That is, no. that is the funny part, because they're talking about John when he was, like, 20. And he's like, yeah, you know, in your car, you used to, like, have all your beer cans and you were smoking pot. And John celebrates those things about himself now. Yeah, yeah. He was doing a, an ad read for this Speedweed thing where I guess they deliver marijuana to him. And he's like, oh, I got so wasted last night. It's like, John, you're 54 years old. Yeah. It's not something to be proud of. When you're in high school, you can have a conversation about being wasted last night and all proud of yourself. Yeah. But you're living by yourself when you're 54. You're three kids. What are you doing? Well, it's a, there's a lot of people. You see some people, like some guys still have mullets or some women with these outdated hairstyles. Yeah. And they hang on to them because 
This was like when I was cool. This right. is when I looked my best. So this is the way that I think I look good. Right. Uh, even though now you look like a shithead. <laughs> but even then you look like a shithead. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> and that's just John. He's like got arrested development. He was never, he's never going to be as cool as he was back then. But Brian brings up a really good point. There are interesting stories to be told. Because if you listen to Stern back in the day, that was a lot of shit going on. And he finds the most dull things to talk about with the most boring guests. <laughs> I'm a huge Stern fan and I couldn't be less interested in what they're talking about. I don't care who parked Robin's car. Oh, God, they talked about parking Robin's car for 30 minutes. Like, whatever. <laughs> oh, it was manual transmission? Like... Okay. And a lot of these guys have axes to grind, so you could really get some good stuff out of them. Right. Right. It's interesting, too. I People post in our subreddit tweets that John puts out. I can't see them because I'm blocked, but apparently he was tweeting at Scott DePace, who was the head of Howard TV. And uh, he's like, hey, you got to come on the show. I recently had uh, Ganji on, and I had KC Armstrong, and you got to come on. And Scott DePace just wrote back, I think my uh, golf club is reopening soon, so uh, I'm going to be busy. <laughs> just fucking totally just like, yeah, I, I want nothing to do with you, John, which was great because I love that it was public like that. It's kind of like when John asked Monique to be his co-host. He should not have done that on the show so that we could all see him get denied yeah. and rejected. <laughs> it sh he should have done that like with a text message. <laughs> Uh, there, I mean, there was an episode. I, I skipped the Monique one. Yeah. I I just looked. I saw that she was on it. I, I can't do it with her. She's got the most uh, fucking annoying voice. Now, uh, the other, just real, this is just a qu quick thing okay. of a staple of John's where he has to prove that he's good at shit because everybody knows that he's not. So right. he has to give his report card every time. Clip yeah. six. Jackie and Gary, I beat in racquetball. You and your yeah. brother, I beat in tennis. Cabby, I beat in boxing. Tom, I beat in golf. Dude, I have that. I pulled that clip too. Because I wasn't going to pull clips because you were. But I'm like, holy shit, now he's a sports star? Like, we already know that he's an amazing rock musician. He's the funniest comedian that anyone's ever heard. He's got all these chops. And now he's fucking bragging about golf? There's another thing I got to fucking hear this asshole talk about? Fuck. Everyone sucks at golf. I'm just not. I'm just not buying it. No, he's beating people at racquetball. Like whatever, whatever. I can't imagine. When? I don't care. Yeah, I know. These are. This is one thing that happened in the course of 50 years. It's unbelievable. He has to bring it up every fucking time. Now, uh, I'm not a. You know, I was very bad math student when I was in high school. Yeah. Uh, but I know a thing or two. Brian, if you have uh, one banana and two apples and you give one apple away, how many apples do you have? I would assume one. Okay. <laughs> I think you were right. And most people would assume that if you only have one of something, then you have one. But in the super chat, people, you know, because John had his lights turned off and his and his internet turned off. Yeah. People are thinking that he's on hard times, yeah, and people so. are asking him if he even has a car. So he's going to answer that question in clip 10 here. I'm glad you pulled this. Somebody wrote, again, in our subreddit, John just said he had a walk to the liquor store to buy beer. 
I don't think he has a car. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's kind of taking a leap. He was probably I... already drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Rod's Podcast Entertainment, $5. Speaking of Radio Gunk, the forum donks think you don't have a car. Can you dismiss those slanderous accusations and screw Eddie A. Mole for life? Not only do I have a car, I have two cars and a motorcycle, and they are all paid for. One car I gave to my daughter. (laughs) So you don't have two cars. (laughs) By the way, I want to point something out, and this is me being kind of a prick, but rich people never talk about how their car is paid for. In (laughs) fact, rich people have leases. They have expensive cars that they pay for every month. No one ever says, my car's paid for. That's not an impressive thing. It means your car's old. Yeah. And it probably sucks. Yeah. <laughs> when people who have cars that are paid for, they're poor people with shitty cars. That's usually how that works. <laughs> they're paid for. <sighs> there used to be that bumper sticker in the 80s. You'd put it on your shitty cars. Don't laugh. It's it's paid for. Like, that's yeah. the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, did you happen to pull the clip uh, with John Pervin out over Anne Marie? Oh God, uh, you know I didn't, but because it was so long, and oh, it I'm was just about? like yes, yes, uh, and it was <sighs> just like so long of just like them watching a video and him going, "Oh look, look, there she is." You're right, though. It's just like so pathetic uh, to to be like, uh, you know, look how hot she is. But that's all John does is talk uh, about women's over kids. Over. Yeah. Well, uh, how hot she was. And he's like, and then he's at one point, he's like, yeah, we met up in a hotel. Like, why would he say that? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like a child. He's talking about winning at racquetball and meeting up with a hot girl. Okay. But probably because his wife is happily remarried. Probably. So. <laughs> But that, that was a weird segment, too, because in order to show how hot this chick was, he had to replay a prank call he did with Beetlejuice or some type of prank they played on Beetlejuice. Yeah. Which was a very long segment and a terrible prank. Like, hey, look at me goof on a person who's literally retarded. Like, OK. Right. I mean, neat. Yeah. Good for you. But just not that impressed by yeah. it. This guy had no idea I was goofing on him. Like, well, OK. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You got over on somebody who's mentally challenged. You sure did. Congratulations. Good job, buddy. Oh. And uh, so, so let's see. Uh, to, when we intro the segment, we hear John's sign-off. So when he signs off, his, he fucks up the sign-off of his own show. Come on. He, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. This clip is not edited. Okay. <laughs> this is the end of his show where he, where he cuts off his own outro. And this is Stutter and John saying, Good <laughs> so he starts it in the wrong spot and ends it in the wrong spot. That's so that's great. such a metaphor for what John is producing these days. Like that sums it up. Yeah. You can't even get his catchphrase out. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> yeah, he really needs a producer, or he really needs to stop podcasting. Is really what he needs to do. I have one clip that I pulled from the Centering John episode because they talked about my friends. Royce and Mike over at the uh, Revenge of the Sis show. Yeah. And those guys goofed on John's stand-up. So John explains how he doesn't goof on people's stand-up routines. I'm not going to badmouth anybody else's stand-up, just like those two fat ball fat fucks over in the Orlando and Tampa seem to feel okay with playing somebody, some, some set and some barbecue place where I'm working out shit 
It's all edited to make me look bad, even though I'm getting huge laughs. I mean, you don't do that if you're a comic, Mike Sheil. All right, so here's, here's my assessment of that. He tries to have it both ways. I was working out shit, which is a lie, because all of those jokes that were on that stand-up routine, he's been telling on his podcast for years. <laughs> yeah. This is his stand-up routine. So he wasn't working out new material. But then he also says, I was getting huge laughs. So which is it? Were you working on new material or were you killing it? Just pick one. You don't have to have, it can't be both. Just pick one of those two things. And he was performing in a barbecue restaurant <laughs> yeah. that didn't have a stage. Yeah. <laughs> there was not a stage there. Someone had to physically bring in a PA system and set it up in order for him to perform in this place. That's how you know that you're really successful <laughs> when there's nothing to perform on and someone has to bring in a PA system. <laughs> I like to imagine him standing on top of a table, like in the corner. <laughs> well, uh, the, the end of that episode, not the end, but the last clip I have from that episode is what, uh, I guess Ganji went to visit John in California. Okay. And they spent some time at his house and then went out. And this is how Ganji remembers that clip eight. I came and visited you in LA once or twice. I, I came to your house, Calabasas. Did I take it to the Tonight Show? <laughs> No, no, this was, no, you didn't. No, we, I met you in Calabasas. We hung out in your yard. Um, you had Susanna bring you a million beers. And then you, then we went to some other, I, I forget, it was like a restaurant we went to, like it, where we sat outside and you ordered another like 10 beers and then you made me pay for it. I made you pay for it? I think so. You made me pay Get for it. Get the fuck out of here. No. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds plausible to me. Listen, I am not shy about my drinking problems, but this guy needs to fucking cool off. Every story about John is that he's drinking way too much. Every single story. I think this guy has a drinking problem. Yeah, his back seat's full of beer cans. I'm starting to think this guy would have a drinking problem. Pounding beers on his podcast to honor the medical profession. Oh, I know. That was so <laughs> so uncomfortable. Carl, for your soundboard, you should add uh, Tony Soprano saying, uh, "Number one is the weakest form of conversation." <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's all John does. Oh yeah. Well, the, the other thing that he does is hate Trump, and I skipped the Monique episode, mm -hmm. but I did listen to two hours of him talking to this guy Noel Kassler, that is. What I can understand is a Trump conspiracy okay. theorist. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yeah. I have not listened to the show, but okay. my buddy Drew Lane from the Drew and Mike show sent me a note the other day. He goes, Suttering John's podcast is ranking all of a sudden. What's going on? Yeah. And Suttering John's podcast does not have listeners. Nobody likes this show. I mean, there's, there's hate listeners, but people aren't listening to the show on purpose. So I was like, well, this is fucked up. Like, all of a sudden he got this huge spike. I think it's because he had this guy on who hates Trump and got a bunch of Trump haters listening to his show yeah because I, all i did was read the description and this guy was like a producer on the apprentice or something like he has some relationship with trump correct okay that is an accurate <clears throat> description but you know they really didn't uh talk that much about trump carl no they just kind of talked about john's neighborhood oh, this Jesus. is clip 12 okay used to be all white until the spicks and n-words took over <laughs> yep spicks n-words and muslims when i yeah. was a kid that was all white what the fuck? <laughs> what the hell? I guess John's neighborhood is getting gentrified. I don't know. 
I want to call this episode of this podcast Spicks and Edwards. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And then, uh, I guess Noel uh, revealed something about John, too, clip 13. He had blown his father. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I... I think yeah. I might be taking things out of context. <laughs> yeah, maybe be, a little bit. <laughs> get a little suspicious of these clips all of a sudden. But uh, they're also, uh, I think maybe John caught on to Patrick Michael uh, and blocked him from the super chat. Oh, or okay. I don't know. Because I didn't really hear any Patrick Michael on this episode. Who they do have now is Hot Carla. Oh, right. Which, Brian, <laughs> if you don't know, uh, John is kind of <laughs> keen. To, to, uh, he's kind of familiar with our show and he likes to call carl hot carla yeah when he's not threatening legal action yeah. or to break my legs he's calling me carla <laughs> <laughs> which is always great and i don't know i wasn't sure i thought maybe in clip 15 this yeah. is actually you on the super chat i don't oh, know okay let's find out surprise like this <laughs> these people like look hot carla but i know that you know i'm only gonna mention them because you know because they're donating money to my new studio but n-word is cool Grabbing puss is cool. <laughs> you got me, Andy. I was in there. That was me. <laughs> Grabbing puss is cool. That's all I'm typing on the internet all day long. Grabbing puss. It <laughs> cracked me up so much. Oh. I'm crying. Oh, oh, that, that was so funny. But that, all right. And then it just gets so egregious. You know how John... Has to tell you how great he is. Does he? Huh. It's it's it'll blow your mind. Okay. He, he I guess he's rewatching Star Wars. Okay. And did you know that Stuttering John is as accomplished as Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. We got a lot in common. Yeah, they have a lot in common. Clip sixteen. Oh shit! You know, I just hate when George Lucas went back and. And retouched everything. I mean, I once did that with one of my NYU films, but it, it'll never be as good as the first. And it wasn't even with the NYU film, you know, that I touched up, that I got an A on, but I felt I had to, I had to make it better and have the real ending. It, you know, I got an A on it. I can't believe it's that's as, how his, it was as good as Star Wars. I can't believe that's how his brain works. Holy shit. All right, anything else on, on John? Can we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Okay, yeah, let's move on because I, I want to uh, respect our guest's time. But, Brian, we have to talk about this guy. I listened to Opie recently. He was doing one of these um, YouTube stream shows, like yeah. John does. Yeah, where you shout out the people that you see on the screen and yes. thank them for listening. Ugh, right. So annoying. So annoying. Because he's outside, he's on the beach, and you hear the wind blowing, and it's obnoxious, and it sounds terrible. Brian, any chance you are checking out uh, what Opie's putting out lately? Uh, in as much as whatever you guys decide to air, that's what I listen to. Okay. <laughs> so you like most people. Fair enough. So Opie 
is living through the same thing that we all are and trying to figure out the new lifestyle here. And I love that he's learning things that I feel like most of us probably knew long before COVID-19. I didn't realize, you know, proper hygiene, you could actually prevent yourself from getting the flu, the cold and everything else. I wish I knew that years ago. Is he that stupid? Is he playing a character? My new Opie character is another the dumbest dummy to ever exist. <laughs> he didn't know that. I feel like that is a character. Listen right? to his voice. It gets very high. Like, I didn't know that. Like, he's trying to play dumb. That has to be it because he goes on to explain he didn't use to wash his hands. I didn't wash my hands a lot until this. <laughs> Just didn't. Then I'm like, God, I got the flu again. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> Brian's like, I stand corrected. <laughs> he really is that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So this is a guy, Greg Opie Hughes, who used to be on one of the biggest radio shows ever. On XM Radio, on Sirius XM. Millions of listeners. Huge fan base. Now he's doing a podcast that doesn't rank as well as two dumb sluts on Barstool Sports. Yeah. And he's complaining <laughs> about comedians and how much attention they need. It's kind of funny to see some of these comedians there. They're kind of going crazy. They're kind of losing it a little bit. My advice to them would be to get a little more balance in your life can't have your whole life revolve around getting on a stage and then as soon as you're off that stage you're thinking about getting on another stage within an hour that's exhausting right <sighs> said the former shock jock now on youtube live streaming to 17 people what's wrong with you people you need so much attention he's giving mental health advice to stand-up comedians who are having a difficult time because they can't perform yeah Stand up, said the guy who wandered onto supermarket sweep holding his Zoom recorder while he, podcasting while you're on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Guys, grocery games, supermarket sweep. Whatever. Guys, grocery games, fucking walks out there like a homeless man, <laughs> delivers his lines terribly. Yeah, I got a bunch of sweatshirts. I think Carl used to wear sweatshirts, right? Is that the, that the thing we're doing? If you're to analyze uh, that statement by Opie, it is kind of narcissistic where, like, he probably, after working so much, just discovered, like, oh, wow, there is a life outside of radio, like my wife and my kids, and there's this whole big world. And now that he's discovered it, he just assumes no one else has discovered it. Well, it's really easy for people who have fuck you money to tell people to get over it. Oh, right. You know, that's a really shitty thing to say to someone. Like, these, these standard comedians, they need to get on stage. Like, well, that's how they make a living. Yeah. My buddy Vinny Paulino is a stand-up comic. He's making no money now. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. It's not fun. And Opie's going, what the fuck's your problem? You got to be on stage so badly? What's well, why it's how I get paid. Yeah. I feel trapped in my studio New York City third floor walk up apartment. Well, why can't you just go to your house in the Hamptons? What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, why is everyone like me? You fucking idiot. 
Why didn't you hook up with a guy who's actually really funny and talented and ride on his coattails all the way to the top <laughs> and then retire when you're 55? Why did you do that? That's what everyone's doing. And I think Vinny's trying to do that. He just picked you <laughs> instead of somebody talented. Fair enough. All right. So this is Opie showing how out of touch he is with the rest of the world. Yeah, but I like the social distancing. I mean, my life, I like to keep to myself, as a lot of you know, which was kind of stupid to go into radio, if you think about it, because I've always been a very uh, private person that kept to myself. And then for some reason, I, I used radio to express myself and get another side of my personality out. But this is pretty much my life, whether we're in um, the coronavirus pandemic or not. Said the loser. If your life hasn't changed, <laughs> you're not doing well. There are people I know, my sister, whose life has not changed. It's not a good thing. It's not something to brag about. What's everyone complaining about? I didn't have friends before this. Well, okay. I mean, I did. So. <laughs> uh, what are you guys missing out on? Dinner parties? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the things. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Finally, his inability to relate to people is an asset. Yes. It's like, guys, I got this all figured out. You want to ask me how to live your life? It's really easy. All you need is 17 followers on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, Opie, how do you make any money? Oh, I made millions of dollars years ago, so I'm fine. Oh, okay. That's the part that I yeah, fucked I up. I missed that. Stuff. Yeah. I, I said, I'm skipping straight to the <laughs> being a loser in my house and podcasting. I, I missed that thing in between. <laughs> All right. I love when Opie gets political because <laughs> he knows nothing about politics. <laughs> He's so bad at communicating his position on things. This is the most generic bullshit to complain about. That's what pisses me off more than ever. Now it's become this like tug of war, I guess, because stupid us, stupid humans, stupid humanity. We, we have to make everything political and we decide to make a pandemic political. God, are we so stupid? God. Said the unemployed man who didn't have his job ripped away from him. <laughs> Why is all this so political? I don't know, because the governor told my company that we had to shut down? <laughs> Sounds like politics are involved. I'm just throwing it out there, Opie. This fucking asshole, he's like, why don't you just drive to your fucking house and just hang out in your house like you do every day? Because that's not how I live my life. I don't <laughs> stay in my house all day. <laughs> so then he goes on to tell a story that's definitely not true. And we're in New York State, and Brian, you're in New Jersey. We're in some of the hardest hit places for COVID-19. So we all wear masks out in public now. It's It's, I don't know, a regulation. It's not a law, but... They certainly it's recommend a courtesy. They certainly recommend that you do. You walk into Wegmans, there's a fucking sign that says, "Put a fucking mask on, you asshole." Yeah, I made that sign and I put it up there for free. <laughs> and this is Opie telling a story that could not have possibly have happened. So now, if you're out and about with a mask on, people are are pointing at you. They're getting in your space. One of my friends said that uh, someone yelled at him and said, "What are you robbing a bank?" Does this? I sound like an experience anyone's had? No, it's usually the opposite. Right, if you're not wearing a mask, people are pissed. <laughs> yeah. People jog by my house, outside by themselves, with a mask on. <laughs> I point and ridicule that, but they don't <laughs> see me. 
Yeah. But that was Opie's hot take. Well, that that was because he talked about how it's all, you know, political. And he's like, this is this is what's going on right now. So, well, that's not what's going on at all. It sounds to me like you've never left your house. Yeah. And you don't know what's going on. What's interesting is, like, watch any number of uh, episodes of Anthony Cumia's show where he does political commentary. And I don't think I've seen him once break down into, like, God, God. <laughs> With absolutely... Commentary on anything. Yeah, this is that actually sets up this nice clip perfectly. Yeah, I'm struggling to understand yeah. it. So th- this is where he goes to with his hot political talk. We're so immature as a species. We we think we're so smart. We're just not. Uh, to your point, Brian, that's exactly what he's doing. I think it was um there was a comic on um, SNL who had a skit and he would hold up the newspaper headline and just go <laughs> I mean <laughs> what? <laughs> and that was like that's like Opie's hot take on stuff <laughs> guys can you believe this? I mean <laughs> what? really? <laughs> I've been accused of having that hot take myself <laughs> now that I think about it <laughs> what are we talking about? All right. fair enough yeah but Opie does relate to us guys when he talks, and we can all understand where he's coming oh. from. <laughs> the puberty where, you know, you know, you start looking down and going, oh, my God, I got ball hair. And at first it freaks you out. Let's be honest. First time you started getting pubic hair, it kind of freaked you out, right? No. <laughs> a, A, I don't remember. B, no one's freaked out about pubic hair he talking about no remember when you got ball hair and you went running to your mom (laughs) no i don't (laughs) acts like you see a ball hair and you're like carrie in the showers (laughs) right that's how that happened at all i was anticipating this would happen yeah i took health class in fifth grade i knew this was going to happen yeah you can tell by my voice that i still haven't hit puberty (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he he won't be freaked out i promise you you'll be fine with it (laughs) Opie put out a video that is so generically unfunny after this whole controversy with Trump talking about injecting Lysol, whatever the fuck Trump said, who even knows? Opie put out a video where he's pouring bleach and different cleaners into his coffee and stirring it around. It's the opposite of funny. Yeah. But he has to bring this up on his podcast and explain about all the haters. Uh, oh, the Tide Pod coffee? <laughs> yeah, that that pissed off so many people. I'm like, relax, I'm just going for a joke. No, it pissed people off because it wasn't funny. <laughs> See, people with a sense of humor get upset when someone's trying to be funny and miss that badly. It bums us out. <laughs> we get pissed off about that. The whole point of this episode, though, was talking about his glory days of being on Opie and Anthony. When he had a bit, strippers would come in. He had a bit where he would guess their ages by looking at their taint. Mm-hmm. Here's that clip. You liked when I guessed their ages? Thank you. This was the NEW days, WNEW for the old fans. Regular radio, which I can't believe. And these young uh, ladies would come in. And um, I think Anthony would set me up and say that I have a special talent that I could guess a girl's age by looking at their taint. And these dummies 
these bubble-headed bleach blondes. They're like, no way! And before they finished saying no way, they were completely naked and bent over. <laughs> So Oaf is explaining that he was getting over on these strippers. Meanwhile, the Opie and Anthony show at that time was nothing but naked girls in the studio. Right. It's what they did. Yeah. And if a stripper came on the show, the only job she had was to take her clothes off. And Opie's like, I was able to trick them. I told them to show me their private parts, and they did. <laughs> that's, that's why they went on the show. That was the, that was the whole point. Of going on the show. This is him explaining that he outsmarted them. And these dummies, I'll give something away I've never given away until this moment. These dummies forgot they had to fill out a form to come on our radio show a mere 10 minutes before they came in studio where they had to give their birthday. <laughs> Wait, what a Houdini. So in Opie's mind... He thought that the girls really thought he could tell their, their age by looking at their taint. The girls didn't think that, Opie. They knew what was going on. They were in on the joke. Right. Show me your vagina and I'll tell you what year you're going to die. Okay. <laughs> Is he that stupid? Yes. Well, he's commenting on how these girls are all dumb. Meanwhile, he's a guy who's been broadcasting for decades and doesn't know the meaning of a windscreen on a mic. <laughs> yes! It's, an, it's so hard to listen to. <laughs> it's so hard to listen to. Oh, fucking Opie. By the way, that was a... Enjoy his cackle. <laughs> I know. That's the other thing, too, is he's putting on this... He's never himself, obviously. He's always playing a character... But he's putting on this, when he podcasts by himself, it's so hard to listen to. Because it's nonstop and pretending to crack himself up. <laughs> and then the strippers, <laughs> they show me their boobs. <laughs> You're not laughing at that. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely. If he didn't do that, you wouldn't know where to laugh in the story. <laughs> right. Um, all right. I got a quick clip here that is our. Cringe of the week. Cringe of the week. And this week's Cringe of the Week comes in from Cody. And he sent us a podcast that is called Zero Brightness. This is a podcast about horror video games. And it's typically hosted by a couple of men. But on April Fool's Day, a couple of women took over the show. And they had a bunch of hilarious jokes at the beginning of it that we're going to enjoy right now. Hello and welcome to Zero Brightness. My name is Monica Coleslaw. I'm here with Lacey Townsend. We're here to talk to you about our periods. That's right. We're going to talk to you about menses, having the painters in, Aunt Flo is in town. Right, Lacey? Yes, I'm all about free bleeding. And if you don't like it, you're just wrong. We're free bleeding. Happy April Fool's Day. <laughs> Uh, no, JK, we're not going to talk about that. Although I did once shed a cast in my uterus and it was crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. Very cringe of the week worthy. <laughs> Thank you, Cody. Jesus. Thank you for sending that in. What have we done today? <laughs> <I don't> Andy. 
Brian, what have we done today? We've done it all. We talked about NPR. We talked about Kelly and her daughter, June. Kelly Jones and June Jones, by the way. We talked about Stuttering John Melendez. We talked about Opie. Yeah. It must be time for everyone's favorite part of the show. The This is the part of the show where we play a clip from the podcast that we'll be reviewing on next week's episode of WATP. That's right. Next week, brand new episode of WATP. And here's the show that we'll be reviewing. I showered and then went and did the show. Hung out with some uh, some of the uh, fans that came to the show till around one in the morning. Laid down, got back up at five a.m. yesterday morning, Sunday. Flew to L.A. and got home. Hung out for a little bit, got some groceries, then went straight over to the Troubadour and <sighs> interviewed White Reaper. And then. After I was done with that, came home, kind of worked on the uh, episode that's out right now, that's here, that we're talking uh, about right now, and then went over to Bill Burr's house and did his podcast. So I'm a, a fucking, uh, now I'm about to go rehearse for the ACDC show tomorrow, the Bon Scott Tribute. So zero fucking rest. At 54 years old, just grinding. This is a podcast called What There Be Talk. It's hosted by a guy named Dean Del Rey. And Tim Gorman sent in this suggestion for us. Thank you, Tim. I don't know who Dean Del Rey is. Do you? No. Apparently he's a comedian plus amazing person who does it all. Doesn't Sounds pretty normal to me. I went to the store that I put on my, you know, what the fuck <laughs> Andy, he's 54. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. All right. So that's I, know, I don't know who he is. I've never heard of him. Yeah, me neither, but apparently he's a big deal. And that's the show that we'll be reviewing on next week's podcast. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really enjoyed having you on. Let's talk about Tell Him Steve Dave, your podcast. What's going on with Tell Him Steve Dave these days? Uh, same thing that goes on with everyone. We got to have to do it by uh, phone. Does it suck? Yeah. You, you can't get the, the, like that chemistry that you normally have. You just can't get it. So I think we're all willing to get COVID uh, within the next week or two. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good Yeah, plan. it is a very big uh, hitch in the giddy up of podcasting when you can't be in the same room together. But I did like the newest episode when you were shitting all over your Reddit uh Yes. Detractors. Yeah. I, although I think that the Reddit, oh, yeah. I think the Reddit got in the head of your co-host a little too much because everything he said, he's just like, I know that Reddit's going to shit on me, yeah. but like, you can't, can't live your life that way. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good way to go through life. That's just in the nature of Reddit, though. It is. It is. It's good. Uh, caring, like, caring about what Reddit says is like caring about what is. Who gives a shit? Who, gives <laughs> who a cares? Shit. You can't waste your time with that. Yeah. Um, also, uh, checking out your, uh, would, would you kindly with Eric Nagel and him explaining the rule of thirds on video podcasting. Brian doesn't know that he has to center himself on the video. <laughs> he just likes to hang out on the side. So Brian, 
I'm going to play some voicemails, but I don't want to waste your time with that. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you come back again sometime. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, Andy, anything that you want to plug? I didn't think so. So please join us again next week. I want to to put my uh, eight-year-old niece's resume in so she can co-host the show. Join us again next week. It might be the episode where we find out what's wrong. Who are these podcasts? Sleep well, everybody. Starting in the mush pits of morning radio. Great show. Good job, everybody. Great job, everyone. This dude is fucking corny. Who are these podcasts? I don't know. I don't get it. Makes no sense. So I don't think Vic is here, but last week she was on and we talked about Fabulicious. Yes. From our subreddit. And he is actually here in the Discord today. No way. Fab, you here, buddy? We'd love... Oh, he says no. He's not there. (laughs) He says no. No, I'm not here. He keeps muting himself. I is not here. All right, well, fuck you then, bitch. Coward. We all want to hear from Fob. (laughs) All right, well, maybe next time. We'll keep it a mystery for now. Not everybody has the stones that Vic has to actually come on the show. Or ghost the show, like she did this week. (laughs) I know, she was on earlier. (laughs) Oh, wow. Maybe we didn't get enough uh, reviews. So I know, it's tough times with... uh, Whatever reviews and voicemails and well, I guess uh, you know if Vic's not up to it, we'll have to bring Boomer Guy back in. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Speaking of Boomer Guy, he fucking blew up the voicemail over the last couple Jesus of weeks. Jesus Christ! Oh, don't even get me started. But here's a here's a voicemail from our buddy Boomer Guy. What the fuck is the isotope? What the fuck? Carl, you've been hyping up this fucking band for so goddamn long. And, oh, by the way, it's Boomer Guy. Uh, yeah. You've been hyping it up for so long, and it's just a surfer rock band. That's it. It's just surf rock. I mean, it's great. It reminds me of my time back in L.A. But, uh, and, like, California and shit. But, I mean, like, uh, I thought this was I, I thought it was going to be more vocals. This is all instrumental. Did I happen upon the right band? Because it's just this all surfer rock. Uh, I mean, you guys are doing okay. I have no which. I have no idea which one are you, man. I hope I hope you're the one with a little crew cut and you're all clean cut and shit. The uh, lead guitar. But then again, I got. I, I feel like you're the bassist. But uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, I thought there'd be singing, but there wasn't. Er, you know, like I know. What a hot take. I know. Great take. Have I not explained this as an instrumental band? I yeah, feel like I've like talked about that. Times. Yeah, I think that's pretty well known. The bass player is producer Chris. Yes. Not me. I would never be caught playing bass in a band. <laughs> kind of loser <laughs> would do that. 
I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. Maybe. Yeah, it is pretty cool, actually. So the isotopes, if you go to the isotopes.com, you can watch that video. It's still up there. And uh, we're not live anymore. Hmm. But the video is still there. And you can yes. watch it like it just happened. Because it kind of just did. Right. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. There's some there's some great comedy uh, mixed in. Uh, and some jokes. Good covers. Some good covers. Thanks, Andy. What else are you going to do? This guy gets it. Yeah. If you're familiar with Dick Masterson, he used to be on a show called The Biggest Problem in the Universe with Maddox. Correct. And since Maddox and Dick had their falling out, Dick has talked about rebooting Biggest Problem in the Universe. And he's approached people about maybe being a co-host on that. This voice matter has an excellent idea. Carl. Okay, bear with me here, man. I think Seamus McKillian would be the perfect co-host for Dick's reboot of The Biggest Problem in the Universe. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds fucking nuts, but listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I'm listening. He's looking for somebody who has the same weird-ass thought processes that Maddox did. And just based on everything that that uh, uh, Seamus used, like, says in his podcast, like he doesn't put A and B together in the same way. I just think that he'd be perfect to at least audition for the WA, I mean, uh, for the for the biggest problem reboot. And you should tell Dick to try to interview this guy. I mean, I'm sure he'd do it for like a hundred bucks or something. And it, at the very least, it'd be funny. Who would do what for a hundred bucks? <laughs> Seamus would do anything for probably half that. Yeah, I was going to say, you have to pay Seamus to go on Dick Masterson's show? Like, Dick's show reaches a ton Dick of fucking $100. people. Right. <laughs> But I have to say, I think it's a great idea. I do too. I honestly do. Yeah. I could see Seamus and Dick Masterson having amazing chemistry. Yeah. Because it's almost like Carl Pilkington. Yes. With uh, Ricky Ricky Gervais. Gervais. Thank you. (laughs) And Stephen Merchant. Right. Yes. Because the guy will just say things and then everyone can just go, what the fuck? What do you mean? What what are you talking about? What does that mean? Why did you say that? It's fantastic. I I can see that being really good. Sure. The problem is that Seamus won't do it because he's a fucking idiot and doesn't. He wouldn't recognize a good idea if it fell out of the sky and landed in his lap. You think Patrick Michael's not an intelligent person? Mm, yes. <laughs> Andy's hot takes. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. Uh, so a guy from Alabama called in. Now, if you remember a week or two ago, Vinny was on the show and we reviewed the Crime Cats True Crime podcast. I remember. And there were two women from Alabama hosting the show. And it was perfect because Vinny's wife is from Alabama. His in-laws live in Alabama still. He goes there frequently. So I thought it was good that we had his take on it. He understands that culture. I've never been to Alabama. Nor will I ever go to Alabama. don't. There's no reason to. No. So this person is from Alabama and was not pleased with that episode. Hey, Carl, you big fucking bitch. Just watch your newest episode, and you just couldn't help but make fun of Alabama all the time. I'm from Alabama, and I can tell you it's a lot better than bitch-ass Rochester. That was really good. A cousin fucking joke. Oh, 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 we fuck our cousins down in Alabama. Yeah, good one. Never heard that one before. Go fuck yourself, and... um, I will not be listening to your next episode because I am tired of Northern Yanks always making fun of the greatest state that ever did exist. Aww. Guess I should have expected that from a liberal cuck like you. Go fuck yourself. 
one less fan. <laughs> Jeez. That didn't turn around. Did it, didn't it feel like he was going to go, ah, I'm just fucking with you. It's fine. Oh, yeah. It should have. It's just because it'll never come up again. It really like, is pissed. Carl picked the low-hanging fruit joke. and I don't even remember voice. making a cousin fucking joke. I don't either. Maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> but I didn't play the Alabama Man song from South Park. I was <laughs> kind of felt like that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> What's annoying about that, and I don't care that this person doesn't listen because he obviously doesn't get it, but... We make fun of everyone all the time. Yeah. Everyone all the time. I get made fun of nonstop. Oh, yeah. And this guy goes, "You made fun of Alabama? Fuck you! I'm done." Do you not under? Do you not? Yeah. You not under- it was your turn. <laughs> yeah, you're not understanding how this For works. For one minute, <laughs> you fucking moron. The Peapod is going strong. Here's, okay. a, here's a listener. Look, Carl. I just listened to five episodes. Yes. Of the Peapod. And I, at this point, I just don't know the difference between ironically listening to the Peapod and ironically listening to the Nine Minute Podcast. I mean, Anchor.fm was acquired by Spotify for $150 million, which is more money than you'll ever see in your entire life. So, like, you know, who's who's, who's really dumb here? Call me back. $150 million is more than I'll ever see in my entire life. Mm, maybe. However... <laughs> The Peapot is up to $57.21 that we've made so far. And a lot of that is advertising for Anchor.fm. But right. some of it is, is monthly supporters. I want to thank Cameron for his five bucks no, a month. No, we're not Pamela reading. Byrne oh, for ten you. bucks a month. Keg is giving a dollar a month. <laughs> this is amazing. Go Dude. to the Anchor.fm slash Peapot. I'll give you one chance right now. Yeah. To sell this. Is it anything more than just piss hitting a toilet? Are you talking during it? I do talk during it. Oh, you do? Yeah. All right. I also sometimes play um, music and videos. While, I'll never while listen. Piss. I don't care what you're saying. Come on, I'm not going to listen. Peapod, get behind it. We've made almost 60 bucks in less than a month. Fucking it's killing It's probably it. more than the nine-minute podcast is making. Probably more, it's Andy. Probably, probably more. Three times more. It's a lot more. <laughs> Fucking Seamus would have bought seven microphones with this kind of money. Are you kidding me? And uh, I do want to point out that I've been in communication with my two podcast co-hosts, Kaya and Doug. And we are looking at charities to donate a portion of our earnings. A portion. Okay. Not the whole thing. A portion of our earnings will go to a charity. We'll make an announcement soon. Yeah. So, listening and supporting the Peapod is all for a good cause. Last week, I don't, I don't believe it. Last week, I don't know if it was on the show or if it was just on the Discord before or after, but I was talking about drinking Mick Ultras and White Claws. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Carl. White Claw is fucking Mick Ultra. God damn it. I totally expect that. Out of fucking Andy and Rubber Dick Joe, but not you. Next time, man, I'm gonna make a fucking truly lemonade. Fuck clear. Oh, you couldn't have Andy You're so more wrong. Backwards. It's so backwards, <laughs> you so dickhead. Backwards. Andy brought over like really expensive. I'm drinking like fucking twelve percent. Yeah, IPAs yeah. and uh, fucking stouts and shit. Andy drinks what we call man beer. Crap. Like beer that men enjoy. I drink girly drinks. Yeah, Carl's I, watching his waistline. I enjoy a white claw. <laughs> Speaking of the Peapod, 
Carl, hey, I'm such a really big fan of your podcast. Not this one or your other one. No, I'm a big fan of the Peapod. Yes. I, I listen to every episode while I'm at work. It really makes my day go by faster. That's what people uh, say. So much so that I decided I wanted to support you guys. So on your podcast page, I saw a little thing that said, support the creators. And I've signed up for four ninety nine a month. I gave my credit card information to Anchor.fm. So <laughs> let's see what happens. Just let, keep me updated. Let me know how much of that money you uh, you guys actually get. I'm, I'm really curious about that. All right. Well, call me back. And... Uh, Keep on streaming on. We will, buddy. Thank you so much for your contribution. Carl, hey. Andy, <laughs> I'm getting on. the sense that you're jealous without making money from pissing. <laughs> Is that what's going on right now? You look a little bit jealous about this. I'm not I'm not jealous. I don't I don't and I don't knock you Andy, I don't knock the hustle, Carl. I'm just not gonna listen to that. You're like green with envy. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Uh, I, I am surprised that it's an idea that's working for you. <laughs> I'm surprised that Anchor.fm has this business model. It doesn't make any sense. They're paying us for pissing. <laughs> okay. So this is um, someone. So WATP is an important podcast, but I'm putting a lot more effort into my other shows these days. <laughs> Somebody's confused. I think this person's confused. There's the creep off that yes. I do with many go to the creepoff.com, vote for Carl. And then there's the Peapod. There was no jingles department tied to the Peapod. No. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, We're going to get into the production later on. All right. This is, remember how John had to borrow Wi-Fi from his neighbor, Juan? <laughs> Who could forget? Juan called into the show. Juan Melendez. <laughs> Juan called into the show. Hello, Carl. This is Juan, Mexican neighbor, the stuttering John. I am here to tell you I am very excited for Mexican Day, this which is, is a holiday that actually exists. Not Cinco de Mayo, or Dieses de Septiembre, or Dio de los Feces Muertos. Yes, it's Mexican Day. Real John mentioned the Mexican Day Parade because he made a Trump joke. There actually is a Mexican Day Parade in New York City. Okay. Because I looked that up too. I'm like, Mexican Day? I've never heard of such a thing. But yeah, I guess I guess there is a Mexican Day Parade. But uh, I think that guy's dad was Mexican and his mom was Russian. Yeah. He said, Nyt. <laughs> just sound like a Mexican accent at all. But Juan, thank you for calling in. And last pot, oh, last podcast. Oh, I'm tired. Last voicemail I want to play, and this is our buddy Nico. Remember Nico? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nico is a missing person that our friend Marissa Jones talked about. Marissa Jones and Kelly Jones. Kelly Jones? Kelly Jones was the host of the Social Distance Assistance. Oh. She was insufferable. Mm -hmm. And then Marissa Jones is the host of The Vanished. 
Yeah. She's insufferable. And their last name is Jones. Yeah. And Alex Jones. It's Alex Jones! Yeah. Let's not forget about that. You know what, Andy? About you this. fucking know all about this shit! Alright, let's listen to this. Hey, Carl, it's Nico, the alleged pedophile, or whatever it is, who skipped town. Uh, I gotta call in to say uh, two things. First, Stephen John, I've been I've been watching, I've been keeping an eye on, on his podcast. I don't think he'll live till the end of the year. He'll he'll have his water shut off and then he'll get some rash or something and then die of an infection that that he could have easily cured if he had health care, which he doesn't because he's poor and ugly and disgusting. Um the other thing I wanted to say is um a little little constructive criticism for uh towards Vic. She is very funny on the voicemail segment. Off of the voicemail segment, she is fucking horrendous. I do not like listening to her read the reviews. And that says something more about, that says something both about the reviews and Vic because they're all the same. Every review is the same. It's either somebody saying, oh, I'd rather, you know, shoot up the Christchurch than, than listen to this podcast or uh, five stars or it's something like, you know, I don't like that Carl says the N-word, zero stars, or one star, or whatever the fuck they do on Apple. Uh, oh, yeah, and I have to, because it's constructive criticism, I have to give a compliment, don't I? Um, Vic, you, uh, you look cute in your pictures on the Discord. You look cute. You have a, I see your forehead, and you're cute. You have a cute-looking face from what I can see. Um... And I'm probably just saying that because at one point you asked me to rape you. So that probably is some favoritism there. Um, but you should really kill yourself. Anyway, Carl, uh, I hate you. Uh, I want you to die. I, I hope your entire family dies. Call me back. <laughs> I don't know okay, how I feel about well. Nico anymore, but that's a hot take about yeah. not, not looking Vic. <laughs> Judge, ugly, disgusted. You forgot stupid and old. <laughs> right. Andy, you know what I forgot about? PJ created a brand new Ooh. remix for us. <laughs> and I'm an asshole. I should have played it sooner. But PJ, thank you very much. PJ from the Jingles Department put this together for us. I'm ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up. You know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. Gonna haul him up by chain, 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 chop his ass up, chop his ass up, chop his ass up, chop his ass up, chop his ass up. My superpower is being honest, I'll eat your ass. I'm not letting my kids die. I will eat my neighbors. 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 I will eat your ass. I will eat your ass. I will eat your ass. gonna haul him up by chain 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 chop his ass up chop his ass up 
Chop his ass up. Chop his ass up. Chop his ass up. And I'm starting to think about having to eat my neighbors. this part of the show you guys should all just kill yourselves thanks pj excellent work and <laughs> i'll edit that into the show earlier I yeah. think. <laughs> oops